Welcome to Swordbreaker, the podcast that explores the vast and exciting world of fantasy role-playing. In each episode, I'll answer listener questions and suggestions, and do a shallow delve into a specific topic related to the world of RPGs. From monsters and settings to magic, characters, and fantasy genres, I try to cover a wide variety, but I won't stop there. I'll take things a step further by presenting eight unique variations on the topic providing you with plenty of inspiration and ideas to incorporate into your own games. So sit back, grab your dice, and join me on a journey through the realms of fantasy and imagination. Hey, Jason here. Just listened to episode 56, Gonzo Fantasy. I think you did a great job on it. Um, So to me, the difference between Gonzo and Weird Fantasy... Weird fantasy may or may not have a lot of sci-fi stuff in it, but it's also tone. And I, I'm really curious to hear your take on weird fantasy. Because to be honest, for me, even though I say there's a difference, they definitely do blend together. But to me, Gonzo is going to have more of a some kind of humorous tone to it. Maybe it's sarcastic, or sarcastic. Maybe it's ironic. Maybe it's you know a little bit silly, but. With Gonzo, I kind of expect that. I don't expect grimdark Gonzo. You know what I mean? Where I can see grimdark weird fantasy. I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm definitely looking forward to your next episode. Keep up the great work. Hey, Logan. Uh, longtime listener, first-time caller. Uh, I just wanted to say I really love the show, uh, especially in the last episode, the Gonzo one, where one of your settings was spawned off of 70s van art. I mean, oh, it was like chef's kiss. So good. So good. So... Uh, yeah, always looking forward to new episodes, and I don't have any suggestions, but I just wanted to say, hey, keep up the good work. Hey, Jason, I appreciate your thoughts on Gonzo versus Weird. This episode will dive into that some, so I think you'll find that we're sort of on the same page. I think you'll see what I mean. Thanks so much for your call, Lex. That 70s van art one was really fun to do, so I'm so pleased that you enjoyed that one. If uh, listeners are interested in a lot of interesting fantasy supplements, they should check out Dank Dungeons on itch.io, which is where I was led when I saw the email from Lex here. It looks like some really cool stuff. Following up on the Gonzo fantasy episode I did last time, I'll be looking at Yochai Gull's other suggestion, Weird Fantasy. The two terms are often thrown in together, but I'm going to make the case that they are quite different. While they can overlap, they are each coming from a different direction. In fact, one rule I might suggest is that gonzo fantasy can evolve from weird fantasy, but not the other way around. I'm going to pigeonhole weird fantasy a little. I'm certain there are many examples of stories presented as weird fantasy that contradict what I will suggest here, but I'll press forward anyway. Not because I think I'm right and others are wrong, but because I'm trying to untangle the terminology in order to get at something we can use as a prompt. We all know that wide-open prompts are almost useless. The term weird fantasy comes from H.P. Lovecraft. The genre is imbued with a certain darkness that gonzo fantasy doesn't necessarily share. 
Even though the terminology didn't arrive until Lovecraft, I think the type of fiction has been around forever. Think of all those fairy tales about mounds opening up and people being subjected to the will of the elves who are so alien they have no interest in the well-being of common humans. That's the hook I want to hang this genre on. It's about the unsettling and fantastical invading the mundane. In a way, it's the opposite of portal fantasy. If C.S. Lewis had minotaurs, murderous dwarves, and an ice queen coming through the wardrobe into the Pevensey's world, it would start to feel a lot like weird fantasy. The alien force could be part of the world already, like a grander reality we can't see or accept, but the quality of intrusion is often the key. For me, tales from Lovecraft, Poe, Lord Dunsany, Stephen King, and Clive Barker might be good examples, or consider things like House on the Borderlands, Stranger Things, or even They Live. It might tie in elements of science fiction and fantasy, but it does so in a way that preserves the wrongness. One genre is uninvited and unwelcome in the other. While you could potentially have so much weirdness enter the world that it becomes gonzo, what could you throw at Thundar the Barbarian that would suddenly make things weird? Eight Variations on Weird Fantasy Number one. Lost at sea. There was a plague in the fishing village of Aameka, or so people told themselves. One night, nearly half the villagers got up and walked into the sea. The village mourned their losses and got back to work. Then, one crisp morning, they all came back, walking out of the waves like they had just been on a stroll. They were different, though. They were assertive and demanding. They moved with a stiff grace that bumpled the skin. Some family members insisted they were taller than they were when they went away. It's clear that the lost are trying to gain power in the village, but no one knows why or what it has to do with the silver whale seen patrolling the shoreline. Number two, the trouble with street art. I know what I've seen. I'm no stranger to accusations. I've been called a liar, and I've had people look at me with those pitying eyes like I've been hallucinating. I've taken my share of drugs, but this is different. I'm telling you, graffiti kills. Not just any graffiti. It's all that hungry rainbow stuff. You know what I'm talking about? It's mostly on quiet industrial streets or back alleys. It's all muscular knights and hairy devils and space ladies with blowguns. There's always that rainbow with the fangs down in the corner. All that stuff comes out and kills people when there's nobody else around. Then they feed them to the rainbow. I know it doesn't make any sense, but I've seen it. They overlooked me. The rainbows are getting bigger, and I think something is going to happen when enough people have been sacrificed to those hungry rainbows. Number three, Berserkers. The site was uncovered accidentally when the Hermes Mars rover tested its flight capabilities. Something large and perfectly square got dusted off. That's as close as they've ever gotten to it. Every attempt to get close to the relic since then has been thwarted. At first, 
There were just confusing glimpses, something like an axe striking a camera or a close-up of fabric or fur right before it all went black. It wasn't until Elizabeth Olsen got everything on her helmet cam that it came together. Her team landed a mile out and just got to where clear footage of the now unburied Martian temple could be seen. When ethereal shapes materialized, they looked like women wearing winged helmets and seemed to swirl around in the air. They were followed by a sudden appearance of bloody warriors straight out of a Viking movie. They were each gravely wounded, but they came charging, and only Elizabeth was fast enough to get back to the capsule in time to escape. Number 4. Panic Jody knew those weird books were wicked. Dylan swore over and over again that it was just a game, but she didn't believe him. She took those Dungeons and Dragons books from his room and hid them in the basement. She planned to burn them when he was out of the house, but never got the chance. In the middle of the night, they were startled awake by a crash from downstairs. It didn't take long to figure out that something was banging around in the basement. Dylan cracked open the door to peek when a huge creature bounded up the stairs at him. He tried to close the door, but it was taken right off the hinges. If the monster wasn't so big, it would have killed them both. Fortunately, it couldn't get its bulk through the doorway. They ran out to the car and got in. What was that? she screamed. I don't know, but it it kind of looked like a rust monster. That's when the foreigners, people with alternative lifestyles, and heavy metal demons started bursting out from houses up and down the block. Lord Tumult finally amassed enough psychic parental apprehension to manifest his invasion force. Number 5. Standardized Testing In every classroom in the state, 8th graders sat down to take their aptitude tests. Question 6 was meant to be a writing prompt. Imagine a dream you didn't remember when you woke up and describe it. Going over the tests revealed that every child, regardless of ability, answered the question with the exact same words. I saw a black horse with lightning for eyes. The earth split open and the hands of the dead were reaching up to grab my feet. It was too early. Too early. Too early. Number 6. A Meeting in the Woods was just after the last glow of the day was gone, and it was really dark out. I was looking at the stars across the valley when I suddenly had this feeling and turned to look almost straight up. There was this strange orange ball just sitting there in the sky above me. When I heard knocking on the trees, followed by unearthly whoops and howls, I dove into the bushes and crawled as slowly as I could away from my campsite. I looked back and saw them just standing there looking at each other. I expected the Bigfoot, but there was also a gray and a rake and a dogman too. It was like some kind of cryptid convention by my tent. It was probably a blessing that I passed out. They were gone when I woke up. I don't know if they're all different species or if they're some kind of alien constructs fulfilling some purpose we can barely guess at. Number 7. This Mortar Coil The cross-country ski team slowed down to listen. Over their breathing and the shush of their skis, they could hear a heavy thump in the forest some distance ahead. Yuri motioned for them to stop, and they sidled off the path as the sound became overwhelming. Out from the tree line and directly into the path, 
a ten-foot robot witch emerged. It was clearly the Baba Yaga of legend, but she was enormous and made of steel. Her jagged trap of a mouth hummed a crackling song as she sprung into the air for another titanic hop. Just like in the stories, her bottom half was stuck in a giant mortar. She used some kind of spring-loaded mechanism to launch herself into the air again and again. Baba Yaga began to laugh as she caught sight of the skiers and angled toward them. They didn't wait for directions. They turned and shuffled through the thick forest hoping her great bulk would get caught up in the branches. They heard the crack of trees splitting as she came on, barely hindered. Fortunately, there was a steep drop into the valley where they were able to leave her behind. Unfortunately, that's where they ran into the mad zombie wizard Rasputin and his bear goats. Number 8. Harvest Time Targu crawled to the edge of the boulder to get a better view. The ghouls were down there searching for a fresh victim. He gripped his battle axe wishing he could do something, but he'd seen them in action before and knew they had strange weapons that would overwhelm him. He needed to convince Kratak and Garn to help him ambush the creatures. Then maybe they'd have a chance. The ghouls always appeared after a crack of fair-weather lightning. Ten of them wore matching black clothing with some kind of soft but resistant armor on their torsos. They held small yellow totems that shot needles on the ends of strings. Targu guessed they were poisonous because anyone struck by those needles shook violently and fell to the ground. They would hold them there until the four ghouls in white subdued them with a magical mask. That's when they would start sawing and cutting away, collecting whatever they wanted, before slipping away into the lightning again. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Swordbreaker. If you have any feedback, questions, or suggestions for future episodes, please don't hesitate to reach out to me through the Spotify Podcasters app or at swordbreakerzine at gmail.com. I always love hearing from my listeners, and your input helps bring fresh ideas and perspectives to the podcast. Once again, thank you for listening, and I look forward to sharing more with you in the future. The crew at your table is making demands. They want adventure in fantasy lands. Wahoo! Swordbreaker! You need some options and you need them now. They're bored with the owlbears and sick of the drow. Wahoo! Swordbreaker! You're brilliant, it's true, but you know in the end, even the finest can use a friend with random rambling and homebrewed lists. Listener content with awesome twists. Bounce, 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 sword breaker.